You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. And we are starting our listener submission month. So we got an email uh, from Chase Laxner, who is a friend of ours uh, and listener of the show. He recommended a movie that people have recommended us to do verbally a lot also. This one has... Mm. This one... Fits our brand, I think, and people really wanted to see us tackle this one. And this is this is what Chase uh, wrote to us here. Hey, y'all, can you do a review of Critters, which is 703 times better than Gremlins, but only 24 times better than Ghoulies? I did the math. I think his math kind of checks out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love all of those films, but, you know, Ghoulies will always have a special place in my heart. Well, we are talking about Critters. Of all the planets in the galaxy, they chose ours. They hide in small places. This phone is dead. What? They light the dark. Jay, any luck? Just a minute. There's nothing cute about them. They've come a long way. And they're hungry. First of all, Chase, good good suggestion. Uh, I love Critters. Yeah, I've I've seen Critters. Uh, well, I've seen Critters two probably about a hundred times. Yeah. I've seen Critters a bunch too. Uh, this I remember renting this from the uh, video store. This was one though for me, probably because I wasn't an '80s kid. Mm-hmm. This is one I kind of saw a little later, not a lot later. Like while I was deep into my horror fandom, I was like, "What are the movies I need to see?" As I'm deep in my horror fandom, and this was on the list, and this one, I that's when I saw it. You know, it's probably like twelve or something like that, so it's a little older. Oh um, yeah, I definitely saw Critters Two before Critters. Critters Two is always on Sci-Fi, so I've seen that one like a yeah. hundred times. Um, but uh, I knew I needed to go back and see this one, and uh, I, I I rented them all. Uh, and actually I remember when I was 12, I didn't like Critters 2 so much. I liked one the best. And then I, I went and saw three and four, which I fucking hated. I probably would like them now, but <laughs> I did yeah. not like those two movies. I don't uh, remember jack shit about four other than obviously they're in space, but I don't remember anything about it. 
Yeah, I, I watched after we after I watched this movie, I watched the just the trailers. I didn't have time to watch the other three, but I watched the trailers for the other three just to kind of refresh my memory on them. Mm-hmm. Whew, that series goes through some. <laughs> yeah, now see, um, did the did Warner Brothers buy it from New Line? No, this is this is all Warner New Line. Bro- yeah, Warner Brothers owns it now. Well, Warner Brothers owns New Line. Yeah, I mean now they do. Yeah. I, I didn't know if it was like a before purchase before Mm-mm. they because I, I didn't know. No, this was always New Line. Okay, this is always New Line, and now uh, the fine folks at uh, Screen Factory have put out the four disc set of this whole series as well. I know. I looked into buying that. I'll put a link for everyone if they want to buy it. Um, for that because uh, I don't know why not. Um, and, and if we do that, Screen Factory, hey, if you you know want to sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, you're just going to keep saying that <laughs> we'll fucking take it. You know, like we'll talk about the bonus features on your movies when we talk about the VHS of it originally. Uh, come on, guys. Throw us a freaking bone here. <laughs> yeah, scream. Hook us up. <laughs> um, so th- this one to me, I always mix with the second one, too. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about it when we get into the film. But I, I, ju- I just get lost. These two blend together. And that's kind of a credit to just how fun they are. Yeah. Well, also, I think, too, it's um, the second movie has a lot going on, like a lot going on. Like it's like six movies in one. And this movie doesn't have a lot going on. Not bashing this movie. It's just a very simple story. You follow one family and their farm being attacked by the critters. That's it. Like, it's very simple. I I picked up on this film. uh, Something that I love in these B-movies is when you keep it um, small. Um, And and I'm not talking like Creepazoid small where they just shot it in like a... (laughs) Like uh, one building. Don't you talk shit about Creepazoids now. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) I said some good things about Creepazoids. But I'm saying like, you... Keep it confined, just not that confined. <laughs> well, yeah, you can you having one farm, one location, uh, ten speaking characters on screen or whatever in the movie. Uh, you can spend the money then on the the critters. Yeah, you keep the world small. That's really what I'm trying to say. There's something about the, the '80s did it really well in a lot of movies. Uh, the '90s started to expand everything, had to make it bigger. You know, like include so much more this is still part of the less is more before the 90s when more was more <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, write that down folks <laughs> uh i like the confined world of a lot of the 80s films uh it keeps it small and the characters seem more i don't know uh i'm not gonna say likable you know i don't know the word for it but they they charm there's some type of charm in like these small worlds. Goonies had it really well. It's charming. These tiny, but that was done by, you know, some, some really super talented people. Not that this wasn't, but, um, you know, this is a small movie, $2 million budget. This is how you do it. Yeah, no, um, I think that's, that's, that's the 80s. It was charming. That's these type of movies from the 80s. But They're I, charming. I, I, and that's think... why people like them and that's why they last. Well, even with um, Twister, the last movie that we uh, talked about last week, that kind of felt confined too. A little bit. A little bit more. Uh, for the big budget, 
you know, expansion, everything's bigger and better in the 90s. It felt more confined compared to the others. Even though you had two competing teams or whatever in that movie, it was still a fairly small cast for a 90s movie because 90s movies had thousands and thousands of extras in them everywhere because more was more. (laughs) But basically, we're concentrating on one team. And I feel in this movie, turning it back to it, we're concentrating on one family. Right. We do get some of the space story and we mm-hmm. get uh, the, some of the town story, but mostly our focus is the family and the critters attacking their home. Yep. And what this film does just like last week with Twister is the main characters, Scott Grimes, the little kid, yep. and Dee Wallace, the mom. Uh, the, the the dad and the other daughter, they're, I don't know, but Scott Grimes and Dee Wallace are really fun to watch. Yeah, they stand out. Yeah. Obviously. And then we have a bunch of colorful characters around that make it, uh, that keep you engaged. Yeah. So, uh, like, it feels like, it feels like you can get away with a lot of shit if you just really concentrate on a small group and make it damn good. Also, I think you uh, win over an audience if you drop a little bit of Billy Zane in your cast, too. (laughs) That helps. Well, I mean, (laughs) the Zane can do no wrong. Oh, how how exciting was it to see him again in this? I I, I know he's in this. I didn't forget that. But, like, it's so fun when he pops up here. Yeah, I didn't forget he was in it. But uh, I did forget how, like, nice he is. (laughs) Like, he's... He's supposed to be like the rebel without a cause when he first pulls. Oh, we're getting to breaking down the scene. Uh, you know <laughs> what? Okay, we got to get off that. Let's go with our format here. Uh, you want to pop in this? Or you want to talk about this box art? Yeah. So for those who don't know what Critters is, but are listening to this podcast, who are you and what rock do you live under? Uh, <laughs> this is a brand new VHS, by the way. This uh, is, yes, go ahead and play with the plastic right over there. I took it off. This is This is fresh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this was still in the uh, RCA Columbia Pictures plastic. You broke this open for us yes. to watch this. Uh, you're a saint. No, I did. I had to ask you. I said, "Is it okay if we open this?" And you were like, "Yeah, I don't care. Let's watch it." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not the person who keeps the toy in the plastic. I'm like, "Nah, it was made to be watched." Um, I there was part of me where I was speculating, "Is this even the original plastic?" And then I saw, and the reason I kept this plastic was. There's a little thing in the back that says this emblem will be here if it's the original. And when I took it off, the emblem is uh, like it matched the back of the box. I was like, wow. So that's how they did that. This is OG original. Uh, one of the RCA uh, Columbia Pictures box arts. Uh, and if you are a VHS collector like us, you'll know the RCA Columbia Pictures uh, VHS is by their unmistakable black yeah. sides with the red frame. Ghostbusters, this, you know, the, this is you know, this is their thing with the I, yeah. RCAs. I think it's about, what, 85 to 89 they did Somewhere these Somewhere in style. there, yeah. Oh, they got some really good ones. They did oh. a Close Encounters re-release. Yeah. That was... That had this, yeah. the black with the red. Mm-hmm. We're going to do another one at the end of this month also. Shh. What <laughs> Just could, a tease for the... What, what look up the RCAs, be? and maybe you'll figure out what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know what? I didn't like these as a kid and as an adult. I love them. Yeah, I love the uniformity. I love that I could put all my mm-hmm. RCAs together, and they'll all look like this. <laughs> and a lot of their um, art was um, illustration or painting. Yeah, so we're going to get into the front here. It is just a fucking massive critter in the middle of the road on a painted uh, painted 
canvas, I guess, because you've got the background being space with the two shooting stars and the bottom foreground into the background is like the farm landscape and just a critter standing in the middle of the road. Uh, I love their malicious little deviant smile. Yes. It's so funny. Like uh, when I watched the trailers, they were on the, the, the DVD for this. The DVD's menu, like the original DVD, not the Screen Factory one. I'm poor, so I have the, <laughs> the, yeah. old, the old DVD. Yeah. Uh, but it has this image, and they just do that thing where they like just stretch the pic. They don't make it oh, move, but they just stretch yeah. it and add like sound effects. And they like stretch its stomach out and make like a whip noise, like a whoosh. And they, I don't know why. I don't know what the reason for it, but like, it's pretty funny. If you have the DVD of this, you just go back and watch that menu for a second. <laughs> yeah, this this art, the the art on the first and second critters, uh, man, talk about just perfect stuff to attract, you know, eight to thirteen year olds or whatever. Yeah, if I had never heard of this movie before and I had seen this cover of just like a little goblin critter thing on the front smiling at me i'd be like yeah i gotta rent this i gotta see what this is because i i know in my or at least i think in my head i'm gonna see this thing in the movie you know what i mean like i want to see this thing in action yes and it is in the movie so that's another bonus of like hey they're not lying to you (laughs) (laughs) uh flipping it over to the back here here's our description both thumbs up, said Siskel and Ebert, about Critters, a horrific story of carnivorous aliens who come to Earth in a feeding frenzy for human flesh. It's no picnic for the Brown family when a lethal litter of krites arrives unannounced at their Kansas farm. Trapped in a deadly nightmare, the terrified Browns fight for their lives against the attacking, bloodthirsty monsters, but it's a losing battle until two intergalactic bounty hunters arrive determined to blow the hellish creatures off the planet. It's an alien adventure full of action and just crawling with critters. PG-13. Now, how surprised were you when you saw both thumbs up from... First of all, they don't say Cisco and Ebert. They say Ebert and Cisco, which is odd. But both thumbs up. Like, they, they both liked it. That is a little surprising. Yeah, it was very surprising. I, I kind of get it because this is kind of a charming movie and it is a mostly beloved kind of horror movie. I kind of get it, but still, even then, like... They're pretty hard on horror. Yes, but I also figured out, I started to look through, uh, I went through a rabbit hole. Um, they have, they've got a soft spot for monster films. Mm, that might be why. Yeah, it, it's not, yeah, especially um, Ebert's back in the 80s, 90s, and sometimes in the 2000s. God, he was so rough on horror. Yeah, Cisco used to be the one that was a little more leeway on horror i just yeah. like remember his like glowing like review of carnosaur when that came out yeah he loved it and i think he said he liked it more than jurassic park at the time when it came out or something like that and i was like oh my god siskel you're like no. you're talking about carnosaur right now no but there it is like the little monsters yeah that's probably um, what it is i think um i don't even think i don't even think they hated ghoulies that much or maybe it was munchies one of the like <laughs> one of the many of these that came yeah. out <laughs> but it was just like little monsters they have a thing for a couple of these charming little little monster movies well we can talk about that for a second this is uh critters is the um sort of first rip off of gremlins we get we yeah. get this and then immediately followed by ghoulies yeah and 
you know, they, the director, the writer, they both very much went in public, said, no, this was written many years before Gremlins came out. It's just uh, no one would do it. Right. It, it's not necessarily a Gremlins ripoff story-wise or anything like that. It's just like all of a sudden they realized those movies made money, and that's why... Yeah, they got well, to work. <laughs> That's because, why this happened. Because Gremlins was such a success in 84? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the reason we got this. New Line's like, hey, you know what? We saw this. We're going to do it. Yeah. And thank God they did. I mean, and it's it's funny. Um, I wanted to point out, too, the, one of the, the, I guess the original writer of the movie, uh, is still making little creature movies because he wrote, he's writing for Full Moon now. And is doing like the evil bongs and the yeah. um, ginger dead man, ginger dead man, evil bong. Uh, he Dominic Murr. Um, I actually yeah. think he just died recently. Oh, did he? I think so. Well, I mean, it also had a lot. Of, I mean, Stephen um, Herrick, who was the director, he wrote a little bit on it, and then Don Keith Ooper, who plays Charlie in the film, and he has writing credits for all the critters film and a couple mm-hmm. other stuff. So. Uh yeah, it's this this film it's 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 written how it should be. Yeah, I mean the uh, these three writers came together very well and wrote exactly yeah. the kind of creature movie that everybody likes today, you know. <laughs> yeah, and then their cast, uh, whoever did casting for this, you know, obviously D Wallace, everyone's favorite mom from E.T. to Cujo to fuck, I don't know. She's a scream queen. Yeah, no, D Wallace is amazing and she's yeah. so She's she's the mom. She's the yeah. m- horror movie mom, always. Always, yeah. It's, she does a terrific job of always um, seeing... She's always so pristine. Yeah. But it's fun to really make someone who's so clean. And it, it seems like D. Wallace probably doesn't even cuss in real life. Right. Like, she, she won't say a swear word. Right. She just seems so... Yeah. That kind of person, you know? <laughs> and also, she's 70 years old, and I saw a picture of her today, and I, I was like, wow, you you still look good. You still look ex- almost exactly the same. Yeah, like, I, it's I, insane. I don't know what the hell, what kind of diet you're on, but uh, good job. <laughs> I, think, I think just working and doing what you love, like these kind of movies and just getting, you know, having fun, I think is what kept her young. Yeah, I saw a picture of her today, and I, I could have swore. I was like, oh, she's probably like, what, 60? 55 somewhere around there even though then in the math in my head i go wait that's not possible yeah and then i saw 70 i was like what yeah no she is super young looking and it's probably because she gets to have fun in wacky ass movies like this (laughs) and then uh getting the kid um this is always something big in a movie too uh child actors are tough uh you have a lot of restrictions on them but you know just a lot of them can't act yeah not Scott Grimes, though. No, Scott Grimes can was, carry this movie. <laughs> I, I could not believe how good he was. I mean, just watching this movie, I think I said out loud a few times, like, what a little star. You know, like, he's just hamming it up for the camera, but not in an annoying way, just like the precocious teen that's in these type of movies, but just gets it. Yeah. He's great. Well, he's one of my favorite characters in uh, Band of Brothers. I never saw that. Oh. Uh, that's because you hate America. I, yeah. <laughs> that's like? it. That's the reason. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or you just don't want to watch a 10, 10 series. Uh, you don't have time to watch 10 episodes of a series, which I completely understand, actually. 
because uh, I'm doing my 2018 top 10 list that we'll do. And I realized all the movies that I watch and I go, yeah, fuck. No wonder I don't watch any TV. Yeah, that's that is my problem. It's not that I don't have the time. It's that I'm just always watching movies. Now it's that I don't have the time because Horrorama season has started for me. But like before I had the time, I just can't watch shows. I'm, I'm ingesting too many VHSs. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of like lost when people are like, oh, wow, you haven't seen Bumblebee yet? I thought you saw all the movies. And then I told him, I go, I haven't seen one theater movie in December. I didn't have any time because Christmas was a, it was a fucking brutal schedule for me. It was insane. Also, I mean, this is totally a tangent, but whatever. It seemed like 400 fucking movies came out in December. And I was like, where were those the rest of the year when I had time to watch them all? Like, <laughs> I agree. I'm like, can we stop stuffing all these at the Christmas break? I don't. What? How? Even if you don't travel, Christmas just seems like it's hectic. I didn't travel, and I can't keep up with all the things that are in theaters. Yeah, I saw how much money Aquaman made, and I go, "Who the fuck's going to these?" (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand how any of these movies could come out. Like, I'm surprised some of them didn't just get swallowed up and never seen because it would seem like every week in December, like ten movies came out. Yeah, with five weeks or whatever, five release weeks in December. Who's got time to see all 50 of these movies? <laughs> yeah, I only saw Bird Box because I could download it and then watch it on the plane. That's it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have saw that. So yeah, I didn't I... even have time to watch that yet. So, fuck. I'm well, behind. I don't think you'll like it. I probably won't. Yeah, there's just something. I, I watch won't. it and I'm like, eh, this isn't a map movie. Yeah. And I can't pinpoint it. I really cannot. It's a magical thing. When you get to know me, you can kind of tell what movies I will like and not like. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, that's oh, good. Yeah, we'll see. I'm so gonna if watch I it. put that on the internet that it's good, I'll probably get destroyed because you're like, you've not committed a Yeah, right. Exactly. Stop sitting in the middle, Steve. <laughs> uh, but you know what movie is great is Critters. <laughs> so let's fucking put that shit in. And now, our feature presentation. Oh, no. Damn it, New Line, you let me down. There's, there's, no, uh, there's no trailers. It's this is an oldie though. That's probably why. It's yeah. a it's an oldie. It's before New Line took over. It's when RCA was still yeah. doing it. Well, yeah, I guess RCA. Um, let's see. This was RCA Columbia. Yep. When did TriStar come into that? Uh, that was that was around in the late eighties. Was it? Because yeah. didn't TriStar TriStar Columbia? So what happened to the RCA? Do you know the history of this? Well, it's it started off uh, all the Columbia Sony movies. Uh, well, they weren't Sony yet, but basically, what became Sony uh, would come out through RCA, and then eventually they broke off from RCA and joined up with TriStar, and that's when they basically formed with the Sony okay. stuff. Uh, and when those started coming out, is when they dropped New Line. So New Line was on its own yeah. then at that point, and then it was the Columbia TriStar stuff. Um, yeah, and then New Line eventually got into like, because I mean I knew RCA did a lot of the this home distribution. That's how they, you know, that's how they got to be known. Well, and RCA is also like a famous record label too. Yeah. So well, in the movie, I, I was talking about like the movie department. They got to be known really well because I know they just did so many home releases, which I thought was funny. Like 
So New Line is known as a distribution company that turned into a production company, right? That then finally turned into a you know all in one a um, studio, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I guess New Line was only distributing to uh, U.S. and Canada theaters. They wouldn't right. do their own home movies. They didn't have enough money to. I, they yeah, couldn't just, afford to do it. It's so interesting. Yeah, they they started off super low budget and had to, you know, release. In uh, in theaters only, and that's how they kind of gained their footing. And they didn't they didn't start doing their own stuff until like ninety four. It had to be ninety four because when we did Surviving the Game, they still weren't doing their own home video distribution, but somehow they got their own trailers on it. Yeah, uh, it was ninety nine. The Mask was the first one I think they did on their own. Uh, it's a, well, they made enough money in the <laughs> with the mask. <laughs> they could, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, oh, oh, Bob Shay. Uh, let's feature presentation. Let's actually uh, let's get into this. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we need to bore our listeners with scene by scene. No, no, this, no, no, no. But like, let's but let's, let's talk about critters. The highlights. Uh, here's one thing that always forgets in this film, and I did it again this time. The whole alien thing at the beginning. Fucking forget every time. Yeah, I kind of think I always get it mixed up with uh, Night of the Creeps that has the essentially same yeah. opening. Uh, and I like Night of the Creeps uh, opening a little bit more. Uh, well, I like that movie more than this movie. Uh, but uh, I, I, it is. It's very similar. It Killer Clowns, too, it feels like, you know, that kind of opening. Yeah. It, uh, I don't quite understand why they do this. I, I feel like you could almost start this on earth with alien bounty hunters coming down but whatever it doesn't we get some it. we get some extra creatures out of yeah. it that way then i i do i'll take that i do love how they were bringing the critters here to be judged but they had to kill two of them because they're eating too damn much then when they get them here they're going to judge them to execute them but you've already killed them why don't if you're going to kill them just kill them why are you bring them all the way to a prison to kill them I don't know what that whole section of the movie is about. I still don't. I've seen no. this movie a bunch of times. I couldn't fucking tell you. I have no, no. idea. I know they're prisoners, and they end up on Earth, and the bounty hunters have to get them. But sort of the minutia, the reasons of why yeah. and what they're going to do, I have no fucking clue. Well, if they, were, <laughs> if they were taking them there to like put them in jail to experiment on them, and then they ran away, that would make more sense. But then you'd kind of feel like sympathy for the critters. Yeah, I yeah, I really I don't, don't know. know. I really don't know that. But I, I do love how the the blue alien, the really cheap looking alien, by the way, the blue guy who's mm. like the leader giving, he's just like, get me the bounty hunters. And they just like come out of pretty much the the next room. And you're like, so what are the bounty hunters just sitting behind him the whole time? <laughs> like waiting for someone to escape? How bad is this prison? With their white fleshy uh, opaque faces things yeah. that they have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, so I, I do got to admit when the uh, <laughs> when the rock star comes on, um, Terrence Mann. Yeah, Terrence Mann. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a sweet song. Oh yeah, super eighties, rocking out. It? it was called the Power. Uh, wait, shit, no. Power of the night. Power of the night. Yeah. It's a call of the wild, and it's a call of the Oh, 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 oh,
I mean, from from moment one in this movie, you know, because you start off with space and you get the creatures and you get the rock star, you immediately set the tone. You immediately know what you're in for with this movie. You're like, oh, okay. But then also I feel like with having all that, that kind of elevates it above just like a normal creature feature because I think if you would have started just on the farm and had the creature show up, yeah, it would have been a super fun movie. But like, I think having this extra element is what like says, hey, we're here and this is this is we're different from all the other shit that's out. I, I don't know. I think it, it sets it apart a little bit. Well, it's also comical watching these little bitty hands that the critters have trying to fly this plane. You're like, okay, are you buying that these little guys can fly the plane? Okay, then this is your type of movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, they withhold the critters for a while, though. You kind of see them, but you never really see them until they're actually in the farm and they're revealed uh, in that basement scene. Uh, you never really fully see them yet until then. No, they're yeah, kind of withheld see, like, for a, a while. Little bitty hand, right? But yeah, you see yeah. the little hand, and then there's there's a great shot in that basement scene when they do arrive at the farm, where uh, I, it's either Scott Grimes' back or his dad's back is to that bookshelf, and you o- you don't notice, but then you kind of notice that there's something sitting there on the shelf, and then they flash the light, and it's finally revealed or whatever. Yeah. But like that kind of moment of realization of like, oh fuck, something's there is is great. It works I, so well. I do well. love it when they do that in movies. Uh, they show off something, but it's like in the background. It's like so they're in plain sight, but it's in the background, and your yeah. and your attention isn't being drawn yeah. to it. It's not in focus, right? In a way, yeah, I, I love it. And then they you know bring it to focus really quick, and you're like, whoa, there it is. There's our critters that we know and love from four fucking movies. Uh, so this movie also starts off when they're introducing the town with two quotes that one I adore and the other one scares the shit out of me. Uh, the dad, when Scott Grimes' little character is trying to get out of school by putting the little thermometer under the hot water and mm. the is like, 106, get out of here. And his dad, you're going to go to school or I'm going to skin you and hang your balls out to dry. <laughs> what? <laughs> Maybe you'll do as well on this test, Brad, as you did on your last one. What last test? Bye. Mm. Brad? Get yourself ready for school, boy. Dad! You miss that bus, I'm gonna skin you and hang your bones out to dry. (sighs) Thank you for the lovely breakfast you prepared, Mother. What happened to Charlie? Yeah, no, the dad's pretty feisty in this one. He's pretty fiery. He's got yeah. some li- one-liners in here that are fucking nuts. <laughs> Fuck, I, I, the whole time I'm watching this, I was like, where do I know that man from? And then I finally realized, I go, oh, fuck, it's the guy from Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, oh, who's his character in there? I don't know, but that's his last, I think that's one of his last movies, and he's creepy as fuck in that. I can't remember who he is in that, but yeah, he's great in it. I remember him being fucking gross in it when yeah, he's very gross. <laughs> when the Jason Worm is in him and everything like Ugh. that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what that is what he is from. Keeping it in the New Line family. Damn right. Uh, and then we have um, <laughs> Lynn Shay, which is uh, Bob Shay's sister. Yeah, none of you knew. That's why she's in so many early New Line films. Yep, that's how she got her start. Which Man, talk about taking off after that. <laughs> taking off now. She yeah. can top line movies now. She's you put her what? name above a title and it sells. Yeah, I know. You got Insidi- the Insidious franchise. Um, 
Wasn't she in both the... She was in one of the... Um, oh, what is the board game? The... Or, you know, where the... Oh, the Ouija. Yeah, the she's Ouija. in the yeah. first one? She's in the first or second. Uh, one of them. I, I get them confused, even though two is vastly superior over one. I still get them confused. I'm sure, I, <laughs> she's always going to be the tan woman to me in um, something about Mary. I, I always think of Kingpin. Oh, she's gross in Kingpin. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. she's nasty in Kingpin. Yeah. When he's, like, throwing up after hooking up with her. Oh, it's so oh, good. Oh, and she does the tongue thing. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah, God. No, she's good. I love you, Lin Shay. Never change. Never go anywhere. <laughs> yes, ever. Uh, but, yeah, her quote in here, when she's, like, reading the magazine, the sheriff comes up. And she's like, or the sheriff says something like, hey, what's going on? And she goes, well, I'm reading this article right here that says, John Travolta used to be a waitress in Florida. <laughs> and he just looks and he goes, what's happening here? <laughs> Morning, Harv. Morning, Sal. What's happening? Well, this here says that John Travolta used to be a waitress in Fort Myers, Florida. What's happening here, Sal? Big bowling tournament tonight. And uh, Charlie, he's sleeping it off in the back. I cracked up at that. But then I was thinking, what? wait, what? Is that real? Is she really reading that out of a paper somewhere? Like, what? Huh? National Enquirer, probably, or one of those fucking uh, supermarket magazines. <laughs> I was like, where did that come from? <laughs> it's pretty, It's funny. She's funny in this it's movie. So fuck, it's so random. It, I think it has to be real. Like a right. really stupid article from one of those magazines. Yeah. I don't know. Um, uh, for some reason. Oh, the cool transformation. Yeah, I put that. When the whole face was yeah. liquefying. Yeah, when they, when they uh, adapt their yeah. faces and the one guy can't get one to stay yet until yeah, he, he lands or whatever but the other guy gets the rock star face immediately <laughs> yeah i love his first face that he chooses is like the uh dead cop yeah so it's all fucked up and like yeah. purple looking and stuff like that yeah it's it's pretty fun uh johnny Steele. damn it that's such a great rock and roll name. <laughs> that's 80s power of the yeah. night singer name <laughs> power <laughs> see Streets we don't are see we don't even need to put the youtube version in there just put in your version yeah. of it oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i would love to put that on a t-shirt that's a deep cut yeah and just like like a doesn't he have like a in the music video like a glove on have just like the glove in the air and it just says yeah. power of the night streets are calling or something like that and like critters just deep to walk, cut just to walk around just the one person who finally knows no dude you step into a horror convention anywhere every single one of those fucking nerds is gonna know what that is <laughs> yeah one of my friends they were like wow you guys know a lot about movies and I'm like uh, I'm gonna speak for myself here I am nothing compared to some of these nerds at conventions i've heard oh yeah it's like i know i know a lot of background stuff i know stuff about studios i know stuff about the history of movies and stuff like that but if you ask me a specific moment that happens in a movie i'm fucking clueless you know what i mean like these guys know every second of every movie and it's like I'm sorry, I don't remember when that character said this, this, this character, you know? Like, I, I, I don't retain that shit, so... <laughs> yeah, pro, 
Props to you nerds, you nerds that wanted us to talk about critters. Yeah. <laughs> I also noticed that uh, uh, there were at least four spots in this film where they use Power of the Night. <laughs> yeah, they do. I was like, you're really getting your money's worth on that song. That's that's a Bob Shea play if I ever heard one. Like, <laughs> oh. we're paying for this song, we're using it a bunch of times. <laughs> the rest of it just put in like little synth sounds, which by the way, there were some pretty cool, like, cheap. Like one instrument, like G G G G G G. This uh, movie sounds like my like youth watching the Sci Fi Channel. Yes, it's because yeah. it's all of those movies have that soundtrack that used to run on the Sci Fi Channel in the early nineties. Like it, it that is what my childhood sounded like. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, the the critters talking and what they say in my opinion, is what separates this from Gremlins. Uh, I, I think Gremlins is a better film uh, because the Gremlins design are just so good. Um, but uh, the one thing about this is like when the, the one critter, he's like, he's got a gun. He's like, so? And then he shoots him. He goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. The way to get your fuck in there is have it be uh, yeah. subtitles. You know, it's great. Yeah, yeah no, that's really smart and fun. Well, and they're fun too. They're Yeah. It's just like little sound effects. Uh, yeah, by by the way, that's the same guy who does Dale's voice in uh, Rescue Rangers, uh, Corey Burton. Oh, nice. Oh, he's such he's got a great uh, voice act. Uh, he's so good at his uh, voice acting, and he does so many that if you go watch him on YouTube, it's just it blows your mind. It's weird to see like a face with those sounds yeah. you know what i mean like we're so used to seeing them in cartoons and in movies like this it's yeah. weird to see like a person do it <laughs> and he, he talked about what they did is like oh they just gave me a bunch of japanese and told me to say it and then a a bunch of uh something else i don't remember it was japanese and something else and they just mixed them oh japanese and french nice yeah so <laughs> it's like okay and then they just mixed them all up and he's he's every critter's voice that's hilarious the the critters themselves too. Let's talk about those for a second. The Chiodo brothers making these fucking yeah. awesome puppets. These like incredible puppets. Yeah, Killer Clowns from Outer Space like cemented them as uh, cult film uh, legends. But this is like what shot them off. Uh, this is what I always remembered them like their first one. Yeah. And yeah, they're just so damn talented. Three brothers that basically one does the illustration, one does all the sculpting and building, and then the other one does all the electronics. It's awesome. And their studio is still churning out cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, they they do everything from like the, the mice dioramas and like dinner yes. for schmucks to yeah. like to stuff like this. Because they're going to be doing the new, which I'm sure we'll talk about in the behind the scenes, they're going to be doing the new critters also. Well, if that actually ever launches. It's filming right now. Are they actually doing it? It's the show. Well, because like they wanted to do a web series a couple it's, years it's ago. It's the show. It is. It's happening. So they're right actually now. doing yep. it? Yep. Okay. It is being filmed as we speak. Well, that's good because I just never trust this stuff anymore there's so much crap online yeah you know you have to really sift through it yeah <laughs> i i think i'm finding out how to kind of separate what's like real and rumor as i'm doing the horrorama stuff because 
obviously we solicit movies as well as take submissions. Um, and when we're soliciting movies, it's like, well, what movie is really happening? Or which is just like a rumor about, hey, they're going to maybe make this, you know? Yeah. So like, you've got to be, you've got to learn to vet. And I've, I'm getting better at that. And that's how I know that the Critters thing is actually happening. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good to hear. Um, because these things, like just watching, because you can go online and, and watch some of the creation of the second one. Um, I couldn't find much on the first one. There uh, really isn't. I don't no. think they knew they had a hit. They probably were like, this is fun. This is good. This is going to make money. I don't think they knew they had a franchise when they made this first one, though. Well, no. And you can tell, too, that the they were just putting up a bid. Because the budget for this movie's $2 million. Now, it, they hit big with it, with... million in the U.S. gross, which is fantastic for a small studio that only put up $2 million. That's jackpot money, Yeah, uh, especially in 1986. But, you know, they only bid and got it for $100,000. That's all the Capoto Brothers... Chiodo? Chiodo Brothers got. That's not a lot of money for, like, because how much of that goes into material? Right, all of it probably. They probably took none of that. They probably yeah. all went into making these fucking things, yeah. uh, and they're great. God, they're so good in this. Yeah, and they said it was it was a brutal uh, shoot, shooting schedule because they wanted so much done with these little puppets and models in such a little time that you know they're like, hey, we made so there's supposed to be eight critters. Uh, they ended up only making four like fully functional ones. Then they made a few other ones for background, and they made ones like hand puppets for biting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they made they had to make a specialty one for the one that eats the cherry bomb because it blows up. Yeah, it blows <laughs> up. And it was like standing and walking. And um, on the other puppets, none of their legs were functional. That and most of their hands weren't functional too. So when you actually look at these uh, puppets for them and models, their hands are just. To the sides falling. Mm-hmm. They're just like gravity's just, you know, mm-hmm. that's it. Uh, they have no real function. <laughs> that's what I kind of love because you look at the illustration on the cover, it's the exact same. Like the arms almost look like they're useless. And it, I think that's a testament to the Chiodo brothers. They had the foresight to know that we're not going to be able to move these arms. What do we do with them to mm-hmm. still make them look interesting on this thing, even though we can't do anything with them? And they found a way kind of put them in front and just let them hang there like you're saying lifeless and still make them look iconic yeah it, it's a great concept design um i think that's why they won this uh the bid because you know a lot of special effects crews will put in bids to companies right to how much it will cost and hopefully they win and hopefully they bid high enough where they can actually make money off of it um that's one thing that always bothers me about it like Shouldn't they bid? <laughs> Shouldn't they like give this is how much money we're going to give you to do this? What's the other amount for you to actually make money on top of it? But it's just like a straight bid. <laughs> yeah. So if you if you bid too low, then it's your fucking fault. Yeah, you bid. That's the money you offered. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they did a great job doing it, especially building the large one because the large one wasn't even supposed to be um, a major part of the story. They changed the story as they're going along that the big one would grow at the end and that would be their selling point. Well, they put together a uh, suit like four foot for a little person to be in. And they're like, yeah, that's why none of the 
has nowhere near the amount of motor skills as the other ones. It just basically is there. And that's why it's not used a lot. But that works to the movie's advantage. Because it's like, it's almost enticing to the viewer. It's like, ooh, look at that little, that big one or whatever. But we don't see a lot of it. It's like the no. shark and jaws. It's like withholding w- with purpose almost a little bit. And it yeah, and they're withholding you... for the sure fact is like they couldn't make their mouths move. They couldn't make the eyes blink. It's just, it's basically a Halloween costume. Yeah. A really good Halloween costume. But essentially, it's the cover of the movie. That's what we're looking at on the cover is the giant one, not the little ball one. So, like, uh, of course. Of course it took off. Of course it was a selling point. Uh, Another thing I wanted to mention about the the marketing of this movie, the selling of this movie, is the trailer markets this as a horror movie. Oh, totally. And the rest of them, it doesn't, because the rest, at at this time, the tone had been established or whatever. But uh, this is marketed as, like, what are these things under the stairs? You know, where do yeah. they come from? What are they here to do? And they, you know, and then it cuts to like the the dad getting bit and stuff like that. Like very, uh, you know, the, the attack scenes and the horror scenes in the movie. Uh, the, this is not marketed as the kind of comedy weird thing it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. They, I, I guess maybe back then you had, like, it was horror. I don't think horror comedy was respected back then. It was, it was sort of like the thing it was the thing that was on everybody's mind because it was the thing everybody was doing, but I guess it, it didn't sell. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it, it existed and everybody was doing it, but like it didn't, it wasn't what you would want to market because look at any of them. Look yeah. at the night of the creeps. You look at killer clowns, killer clowns a little bit. They, yeah, obviously, but like still more marketing the horror aspects of the movie yeah. than they are in the comic. Aspects. Yeah. I, I don't think you could truly get away with it. I mean, cause you had evil dead too, but I don't, that wasn't like, a massive hit that I know of. I mean, on home video it was, um, but I I don't think it really got like to the big until maybe uh, Nightmare on Elm Street three, where like yeah, Freddy or four became, probably more or four, where he... Freddy became such a personality of humor that people. I mean, it seems like as franchises go along, they always get goofy. Right, but it was like I feel like yeah, with Nightmare four, it was like when everybody realized it was like oh, we're all doing this all already and people like this, so let's keep it up type thing as opposed to before when it was just sort of on everybody's mind as a filmmaker, but they, were, they weren't advertising it as so. They weren't yeah. flashing it. Yeah, I mean, because look how much Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, how much that hurt them. Right. They're like, we're just going full satire. Yeah. And it, it didn't work in the theater at all. <laughs> but now look at how fucking Well, now it it's is. a cult. But <laughs> usually when you're a cult movie, you didn't make a ton of money. Yeah, and I don't think any, outside of Critters being a hit, I don't think yeah. any of those fucking movies did. You no, know, none no. of them made money then. They all they all became hits later. Yeah, as soon as you shoved them on TV, it seemed like every day they were playing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then it was like, and then a whole generation, us, yeah. fell in love with them. <laughs> uh, but getting into the fun um, side characters, uh, the, the the sheriff. <laughs> uh, I, I almost Emmett loved, Walsh. Oh, oh, gosh, he's so good in... Uh, what am I thinking? Uh, Blood Simple? Yeah. For the Coen Brothers? Mm-hmm. His breakout kind of movie? Yeah. And of course, I always I also know him from Missing in Action. Oh, yeah. I've never yeah. seen that one, so. Oh, you'll see I've, I've only seen uh, three. <laughs> yeah, probably the worst. <laughs> the one that we talked about. Um, yeah, it, it's... He's... God, he's been in so much. Over 200 titles. He, uh... 
he's in a pretty great episode of Tales from the Crypt uh, called Collection Completed that uh, if you guys like that show or are interested in that show, you should check out his episode. It's really fucking weird and funny. Uh, yeah, it's I, I can imagine because he just seems to. He's got such good camera presence. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. He's so watchable every time he's on screen. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, obviously we already talked about Lynn Shea a little bit, but uh, she she's such a goofy character. Like when she <laughs> rejects the one cop's uh, date, and she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be mean to you, uh, but I really do have to go home and wash my hair tonight." And I was like, "Is that a real excuse?" <laughs> no, I think she was just letting him down. But it's also like, but, but she, she also, doesn't have a filter. I think that's her yeah. problem. I think she's just like, I'm gonna say whatever comes to mind, and like. <laughs> but she really did wash her hair because when she returns that night and the critters are attacking and she's trying to get a hold of, she's taking all the calls. She's got her hair. Was it in curlers? I think it was in curlers. Was it like curlers in a net type thing? Net? Yeah, I don't know I, something. It I think like it was a whole setup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, Ladies, is that a, like, is washing your hair a big deal? Like, do you only do that every couple, like, three, four days? <laughs> what? I I know there's such thing as, like, a dry shampoo. Yeah. So they don't have to wash it and they, they keep that full body. I don't know. I don't know. I, I do, I'm really talking out of my ass here. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I take two showers a day usually and wash my hair both oh, times. I, so I know. I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a... I'm a clean, yeah. yeah a clean I'm a person. shower freak. <laughs> I'm a bit of a shower freak and a clean person, so I don't know. But uh, during yeah. the summer, sometimes I get in, and I just like let the water hit me for about a good five minutes, get out, and dry myself. Don't even use shampoo because I've already showered that morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like yeah, during the summer, yeah, it's like three, four showers if I <laughs> if I if I can get them in, like. Uh, uh, it's probably more just like a tick or like something wrong with me, but whatever. Well, there's let's move on. There's definitely something wrong with us. <laughs> uh, there's a little bit of information for all of you on us. Um, I do like how the this movie embraces that it is a quote unquote Gremlins ripoff and everything like that because they put a lot of little I don't know if they're Easter eggs or whatever like nods. First, a critter eats ET. Yeah. Where he looks at me and he's like, like, what are you? Yeah. And he just bites his head off. Yeah. Uh, They do the toilet for ghoulies. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that was a nod. Yeah. I mean, this was the same year as ghoulies, so I'm sure. I'm sure it was. Uh, They put the Ghostbusters, basically the Ghostbusters logo on the back of the dad's bowling shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of a ghost, it's just a bowling pin, I think, or something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. There's a lot of little 80s nods here. Uh, none, none better than when E.T. gets his head bitten off. Because I don't know if you know this about me. Uh, I think I've said this before. I'm not really an E.T. fan. Mm, so you're wrong. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a fantastic movie. I can watch it. I'm just like, giving you shit. <laughs> well, I can watch it and be like, this is a fantastic movie. This is absurdly good. Everything's right about it. <laughs> and then but I'm like, I never want to watch it. <coughs> I just killed Matt. <laughs> I just killed Matt with my ET. <laughs> <coughs> oh yeah. I mean, you could give me give me uh, critters any day of the week over ET. <coughs> Dead. All right, this is a solo <coughs> podcast now. Oh, <laughs> uh, cut some of that out. Damn. Uh, I also wrote. Um, Watching the Kreitz fuck up a room is very peaceful. <laughs> it's like my Zen moment. You know how yours 
is revenge films when the bad guy gets blowed up. Mine is watching little creatures fuck shit up. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh that's a good valid thing, I think. Like that's I I feel like I, I, I don't get the satisfaction you do, but I get the I get it. You know what I mean? Like that makes sense to me. Yeah. That like people would get satisfaction of watching shit get wrecked you know what yeah. i mean like just like a room getting torn apart uh, i get a little bit of satisfaction yeah. out of it too now that now that we're talking about it like i do i do like seeing kind of like uh destruction of something that's like set up you know what i mean like a room that's been put together and decorated just being torn apart there is something a little satisfying about yeah. it. Love it uh and i was getting a little bit of a terminator vibe from the bounty hunters how they had like no emotion and they're just like walking through. I wonder if the, the the bounty hunters were kind of loosely based on Terminator. Maybe like a, maybe like a light spoof type yeah. thing of the Terminator a little bit. Um, a character we haven't talked much about is Charlie. Yeah, uh, uh, that's Don Keith Hopper, right? Yeah, yeah. Which he did a few that he was writing as the movie is going on. I don't know how much he did. It was very hard to tell. Um, uh. You know, I don't really like him in this one, in the first one. No, I agree, actually. And you know what? When I th- I think I was younger and I watched this movie. I think I did. But now as kind of an adult, I'm a little annoyed by him in this movie. Like. Yeah. Like, like when they sometimes a lot of times when a character is like sitting there telling the truth and no one believes him, I feel really bad for him. Uh, it's just like, oh, why don't you believe him? This one, when he was running around doing it, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't believe you either. Exactly. Like, you're like, you're only just making this worse for yourself, dude. Like, just keep your fucking mouth shut. Like, you're going to help everyone out by shutting up, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I just didn't, I don't know. I remember liking him, though, in the second one. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure his character is a little bit, I I need to go back and rewatch it, but I'm sure his character is a little bit uh, better developed or better handled uh, Mm -hmm. as the series goes on, because he's in all, he's in all of them. Yeah. He's the only actor that repeats in all four I, of the I films. I hope he's, they put him in a cameo or something in the TV show. Oh, I'm sure they're going to. They, they, they have, have to. to. Yeah. He's from Chicago, by the way. Is he really? Yeah. Does he live here still? Should uh, I give him a call? Should we screen critters? <laughs> I don't know if he still lives here, but his dad was a salesman here. And oh, he nice. Was born here. And, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Something yeah. to keep in mind. <laughs> Just, I thought that was very curious uh, because um, there's someone else here, Chicago-born too. I wrote it down. Oh, Billy Zane. Oh, okay. So let's get into Billy Zane. Um, and he gets his hands bit off. First of all, he comes in, like before I was saying, way back in the beginning of this podcast, he comes in like a rebel without a cause. Right. And then he sits down at the dinner table. He's super polite to Dee Wallace. Right. Like, oh, this is one of the best meals I've ever had. Uh, you have a lovely kitchen. And she's like putting her hands into his lap and trying yeah, to... Yeah, I love the fact that the girl is the sexually aggressive one in this yeah. one. And he's kind of like the shy, like nice guy a little bit in here. Yeah. Uh, even though he looks, like you said, like yeah. kind of like 80s bad boy. Um, yeah, but and- yeah, she is like the really aggressive one, like wants to sneak off into the barn to fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I don't know if we should. Don't worry. They don't, they never come in here. And, and then, and then he gets fucked up. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. He didn't even do anything bad. <laughs> 
You killed Billy Zane, and he was actually kind of a good guy. That's what's so funny about like his section of the movie here. <laughs> I love it. I love that. I've I fucking I love that well, like, dynamic between the two of them. Yeah, it's funny because it's it's not what's supposed to happen in a horror movie. The usually the nice one. Well, I guess they did make out, so they both were you know. But she didn't die. No, she didn't because they just. You know, I kind of forgot she was in the film most of the time. Yeah, she's not really important after that scene. She doesn't really have anything no. to do after I that scene. I think she just comes at the end to scream. Yeah. I, but it's pretty much Scott Grimes' movie at that point. Yeah. And D. Wallace. D. Wallace, Scott Grimes, they just take over. And uh, taking that shotgun, messing up some some crites. And then watching the bounty hunters just dismantle their house going after the crites. Again, I was very peaceful <laughs> at that moment. That's amazing. I was like, everything is right in my little world. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and then at the very end, the they, they, they get the crites, they blow them all up, hunt them down, the house is destroyed, they give them a little bitty button, and they're like, hey, call me sometimes. And, and then he presses the button when it beeps and it rebuilds their house, and I was like, can I get one of those? <laughs> what is that? Yeah, right. Space, uh, space, uh, you know, they clean for you and then they rebuild your house for you. And it's great. It's like, will it do my homework too? You know, that's like what I want that thing to do. Yeah. And another thing I didn't realize in this is like when the, the bounty hunters are kind of like an odd, um, mentor to Scott Grimes. Yeah. You would think he would be the character they would take and in the second one he would return as a bounty hunter because i could have seen this movie going his entire family dies and then he leaves with the bounty hunters like well i've got nothing here right no (laughs) no instead somehow charlie goes with them i don't even know if they i don't even do they even show charlie getting the ship or no no charlie just falls behind yeah charlie's like i'm gonna go too there's nothing for me here and i'm like like a lost puppy and and, and i'm like okay good get rid of him I know. I, I was the same exact way. I'm like, man, I, I really don't give a shit about you. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know what the difference is between like watching it as like a 10 year old versus watching it like now. But like I, Charlie is so useless to me at this time. But back when I saw it as a kid, I was like, oh, Charlie, he's fun. You know, yeah. whatever. he's the quirky weird guy in town at this time. Maybe it's just because I'm too grown up now. And I'm like, shut up. You're just making it worse. <laughs> going yeah. I, I also did realize the writer at the beginning put in that like charlie was a pitcher and no one but he's like i used to have one hell of a heater and then i uh the aliens visited me and i lost it all yeah like, yeah sure right charlie no it's because you're a drunk yeah your teeth uh, aren't talking to you you're just fucking drinking too much uh moonshine over there behind the barn <laughs> yeah. and then he throws the Maltov cocktail like the impossible throw right to the ship and blows up the last critter. I was like, oh, look at you, Ryder. You did it. <laughs> but not the last critter, because uh, yeah. we get our typical course. 80s uh, stinger of ending where course. there is still a critter underneath the house. Bob Shea was huge into this. Oh, he, I just think everybody at this well, time was huge into this. Like Bob Shea, there's a multiple New Line movies that do this. Like he just he was in love with it. What, remember, Wes Craven didn't want to do that at the end of a it's true, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. Bob Shea was basically forced him. And I don't even know. I feel like he didn't necessarily have sequels on the brain. It was more just like I think he liked having the bad guy win. Well, he no. He, his explanation was he's just like he wanted to give. 
an audience a last jolt mm. all the time. He wanted them to leave the theater with that like uh, that adrenaline rush oh, every time they like left the critters the are still out there. Yeah. Freddy's still out there. Like the you know he wanted New Line to be like that when they leave the theater. They were always like on a high. Gotcha. That makes um, sense. So yeah, I, as much as as fucking weird as Bob Shea is, he's such a wacky genius. He's a genius. Yeah. There, I would never argue, as much as we make fun of him and shit like that, yeah. I would never argue the fact that that dude is an absolute genius. Well, I mean, he's the kind of guy, I mean, he started out like basically distributing movies from college kids. Yeah. And he started a, the business out of his apartment, you know, where he was just like putting together these, <laughs> getting the reels and then giving them to the theaters. And you gotta remember, he was the, he was the guy who was putting John Waters uh, films in a theater. John Waters and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. When nobody else would put Texas Chainsaw Massacre out, there was fucking Bob Shea being like, keep, keep it on screens. Keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> and then that just turned into slowly, finally getting into, you know, I mean, obviously, Freddy, you know, the house that Freddy built. But, you know, you got to give him credit on a lot of other things. He was really good, or at least people that he hired, really good at finding young talent. And basically working them to the bone because he could and spending very little on money to turn a huge, a pretty good profit on a lot of movies. I mean, Wes Craven, uh, I forget the director for Critters 2, but, you know, he's... McGarris. McGarris. Who's legend now. Yeah. Uh, And I'm thinking uh, the writer... There's so many. The, Frank the, Darabont, Chuck Frank Russell. Darabont, Chuck Russell. Uh, it's uh, Peter Jackson with the Lord of the Rings movies gave him his first kind of big shot. Like, yeah, like uh, he, the dude was a genius and he knew how to pick talent. Stephen Hopkins, we talked about him with Predator yeah. Two. Uh, Rennie Harlan. He found Rennie Harlan from those fucking weird German movies he was making. Like, <laughs> wasn't Rennie Harlan also the one that just wouldn't leave them alone? Like, yeah, he just. But also, they were like, "All right, look at him." <laughs> He's like, no, guys, I did prison. You should really give me a shot. Yeah. Fine, whatever. Just leave us alone. You can have the fourth one. <laughs> Biggest fucking nightmare movie of the series. Like <laughs> The fourth one? Yeah, it's the most money-making one. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I, it's, I not, it's not generally considered to be the best or anything, but it is the most money-made. No, it's, it's the fourth it's, one. I always remember the fourth one is the one where uh, they used an invisible Freddy to fight. <laughs> Is that? Is it, I think that's. Uh, oh no, that no, is the. the yep, yeah, that, that's the fourth one. It's because they ran out of money. Yeah. Genius like, though. <laughs> Genius of Bob Shea. As <laughs> soon as I saw that, like after you know doing this podcast, learning more about movies, and then when I watched it, I go, "Now that's fucking pulling the." You know that is really just taking the audience for a ride. There, they're like, "No, no, no, everybody, he's he's invisible. He's invisible. That's why I can't see him." You're you like, know what though? When you're a 13 year old boy watching that movie, you fucking believe every second of that. Though <laughs> you don't question it until you get old and jaded like us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think I'm jaded. I'm just like looking and go, "This is what they can get away with." <laughs> I'm jaded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, when you've watched as many hateful Christian movies as me, <laughs> yeah. that'll do it. I'm dead inside. Um, uh, I don't really have a lot of behind the scenes that we haven't already gone over. Uh, I do know that the eggs were modeled after... Uh, let me actually find my notes here so I don't... Blah, blah, blah. Um, after... What kind of fruit? There's some type of... Like, oh, star I saw fruit. it. Scroll down a little further. I saw it on here. There it is. Uh, sugar apples. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. Uh, I also, you know... Um, 
going more into this. So there is this um, small director called Jordan Downey mm. who loved Critters and everything like that. And I ended up looking up and he really wanted to direct the web series. Uh, I'll put a link to it to show his like six minute short film. Uh, he did Thanks Killing. Mm. I think okay. everything. I just think this six minute short film is really good. A really nice. good fan film. Uh, I, I, lo- I miss fan films. It was a huge thing, I would say, in the early 2000s. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Absolutely. The, so, the whole two, even the late 2000s, there was yeah. a bunch of them, too. I, I just, it was fun. It was fun to see it. Now all these directors obviously can take out HD cameras and make decent ones. Uh, I've seen, I mean, looking at the shorts that was in uh, What Is Sending Horrorama, you're like, oh, man, it's so cool. A lot of people can make movies now. A lot of people can't make money off them because <laughs> the market's so saturated. Yeah. But back then, the cameras were shitty. <laughs> yeah, that's true. In 2000, it was a Best Buy camera. And there, I, I miss a little bit of that, even though watching them is sometimes a struggle. Uh, Jordan Downey, though, uh, did... he? I don't think he directed I think he just wrote or produced it or something. He did a movie that's on the Fest circuit right now called The Head, where he kind of gets to play with that. It, it's about a Viking who uh, is kills different monsters, and he kills this one monster whose head... He takes the head of every monster he kills, and one accidentally comes back to life, but it's just a head. So he kind of gets to do the critters thing with this killer head in this movie, The Head. Um, so it's it's on the circuit right now. If you guys if it comes through your town, check it out. Um, it's it's pr- it's pretty good. I saw it in Colorado at the Telluride Horror Show. Uh, it's pr- it's pretty good. So he's working still, Downey. So that's good. I'm glad that he still gets to make stuff. Yeah, I watched two of his shorts, and the, the amount of detail he puts in these things, I'm just really surprised he hasn't gotten more opportunities. It's coming. He it's coming. Yeah, he's I, he's on the rise. I think. I think. I think with the head doing so many festivals and everything like that, he's gonna get his shot to kind of get a mid budget movie next. That's the beginning, yeah. I think, for him. So that's a him and his crew, the other two guys that did Thanksgiving. The three of them are are doing things. Uh, I will. Uh, you know, I'm surprised we haven't talked about the director since he did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Mighty Ducks, all kinds of other things before he fell off the cliff with the rock star. Um. This is this is our kind of director. Yeah, this is the guy that made our childhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Phil and Ted, this and Mighty Ducks. God, it's all I need in this world. Yeah, he had one hell of a run going on. From yeah, Critters to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure to Mighty Ducks to Mr. Holland's Opus. Mm. Everybody saw that movie. I didn't, yeah. but everybody else did. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. That's one I'm like, yeah. I mean, it's good. I see it. Is good. <laughs> it's not for me. Um, yeah, uh, he's he's a talented guy, and it shows in this movie. He's a great director for, especially for eighty stuff. He gets it. Yeah. He gets the tone with the humor and the horror very well. All right. So uh, obviously, we both do, um, think you should watch this film. Uh, got anything else to add? No, uh, I do. I will point out though, just like I talked about with uh, Goonies. This one, because I saw it later, doesn't have like that sort of uh, super connection with me. This one is one that I think like the horror kind of gatekeepers that exist uh, today really hold dear. It's like this one, Killer Clowns, uh, Monster Squad. This is one that like the gatekeepers uh, that that kind of get annoying cling on to a little bit 
and I, I don't get me wrong, I love this movie too, but I am sometimes annoyed by sort of the fandom of this movie and how like other movies can't exist, but this one can type thing. This is one of those for me. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, this is one that I, I see the gatekeepers clinging on to annoyingly a little bit too much. Uh, huh. For I, in yeah, and, and just like the stuff I see on the internet and stuff like that, oh. not not to be a negative new new, but I I do love this film. It's just sometimes some of the love for this movie gets a little annoying. <laughs> Is it because of the Kyoto Brothers, I think it's just because it's one of those '80s movies. It's one that like the that generation, the generation that's just slightly a little older than us, grew up with. Yeah. So they they cling cling on to it like a motherfucker. And man, it, it gets a little annoying. You don't know horror, okay? Man. <laughs> like, oh really? Okay. Yeah, those people. Uh, but I do. I love this movie. I do. How could you not? It's so charming. Those are the same people that are. Yes, I do love this. Those are the same people that are like, man, see, that's not really horror. Yeah, that's not a real horror film. You're like, what the fuck does that mean? But then they're also the same people that all put like Hereditary as their number one movie of the year. Uh, and I was like, get a different opinion. You know what I mean? Like you can love Hereditary. It's a great movie. Yeah, but I like, love Hereditary. But like why? I feel like the gatekeepers only like the same thing that each other like. And that's it. Oh, and they the just hive- keep it. You just keep it going. Yeah, it's a hive mind gatekeeper yeah, it's, thing. Yeah, it's, That stuff, the, the elitist, the one that gets me, the hive mind I get... Uh, Social media has created more and more hive minds yes. than ever before. Yes, um, I'm just kind of ignoring it now because um, I've ranted. I feel like we've ranted about it so much. We talk about this. it all the time. Yeah, that, like I feel like I feel better about it now because I kind of just feel sorry for them. Yeah, a little bit, but I, it is sort of still a little bit of my crusade to kind of break the hive mind a little bit. Yeah, you can like critters. I love critters, but like other stuff too. You know, <laughs> I, I just don't like the elitists where they're like telling you it's not real. Yeah, it's not real. Your I'm opinion's like, wrong, man. I'm like, you do know horror has like a hundred sub categories, <laughs> right? And some of those categories go even down a farther. You know, and there's also movies. That, this is one thing that always annoys me. Um, there are movies with horror elements. You know what I mean? Like, I would consider The Quiet Place a suspense movie that has a suspense monster movie with horror elements. There's That's a horror movie. Yeah. But it's also a monster movie. Yeah. And it's also... A family drama. A family drama. It can like, be all those things. I, I never... That's what I... Why do we uh, have to put it in little boxes? That's that's why I don't like the, like the elitist approach of like... You don't know what you're talking about. As soon as someone says that, I'm like, okay, well, you've completely we're, eliminated this conversation. Yeah, I mean, like, we're not going to get okay. along. <laughs> you just put a wall up, Trump. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't mean to be negative because we've been yeah. saying so many positive things about Critters, but I do, I do have that feeling with Critters. I feel like it is one of those that gets lumped in with those negative people, unfortunately. Okay, well, fuck those people. Yeah, no, fuck. That's that's the that's, unless they want to give us money. Then that, yay, we'll take it. <laughs> we will. we'll talk about critters all fucking day if you want. <laughs> uh, let's get on to the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. All right, this is the part of the show where we put something in our museum. We're just like Indy. We're going out there to bring it back. What are we putting in 
the listener submitted wing. Yeah, uh, I I mean it's it's obvious and easy to put the uh, critters in there because the effects are so good. But I think I'm actually going to specifically put in the giant critter and the use of the giant critter in this movie because I think it, uh, it it's really fun and it, it it's really effective in this movie. So I'm going to put the giant critter in yeah. my section here. Uh, I'm going to put something that. Uh, I didn't think I was going to, but kind of like when we were doing this podcast, I picked it up. I'm going to actually put Scott Grimes' performance. Uh, for the reason is, is like because I hate so many child actors. It's true. They're terrible in these yeah, movies usually. Like... And he's great. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm only putting you in because you're like, you're on the top of the shit mountain, but you're like actually good. You're yeah. a piece of gold on the He's shit mountain. He's talented as fuck as a kid actor. He's good in this movie. I would call him every bit as good as Macaulay Culkin in, in Home Alone. Like, 100% agree with like, you. Wow. 100% agree Scott with you. Scott Grimes, you're really good. Why weren't you used more? Is it because he's a redhead? I mean, I think he's had a quietly nice career. No, he, yeah, I mean. He's showing up in everything from Band of Brothers. The second, he's in the second movie. He comes back for the second movie. How rare is that yeah. to have happen? Like a, a child actor kind of come back as like a teenager adult yeah. in the second one. And, that never happens. And he's in a hot, uh, a, um, hot uh, Fox Orville. He's yeah. still working. Yeah, he's. That's why. Because he's fucking talented. <laughs> I'm pretty sure when someone, you know, Sees him like Seth MacFarlane probably saw him as like, wow, um, why aren't you in more? <laughs> You're good. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> You're gonna be in my show, which I've never seen, but I've seen clips of, and it looks like our show. But I don't have time to watch shows. Oh shit! Yeah, me neither. I'd love to watch it too, but uh, I want to support you. I just I don't, I don't, to, I don't and I have... can't get seventy six different streaming services so that I could watch it. You know, yeah. later I can't watch it live. <sighs> Shows. Uh, I just don't have time for you right now. <laughs> I want uh, yeah. to, but there's too many VHSs in my life in the way. There's too many VHSs in between me and the Orville. <laughs> uh, yeah, my collection is starting to really pile up. <laughs> I'm going to have to start selling some of these. I, I well, Since this is like our New Year show, I guess, kind of a little bit, since it's the new uh, section of uh, themes, I guess, what, what do we call it? Like our... Uh, like when we pick a category for the month, what was that oh, called? Our little schnick. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't know. F- I don't water, know. Water. Since it's the first one of uh, January, I've made a uh, resolution to myself that I have to watch some of the stuff I have before I buy anything else. Not all of it, some of it. <laughs> That's really funny. After I bought all these uh, new tapes, <laughs> and and Sarah gave me tapes for. Um, christmas uh i yeah that was when i was like okay no more right just finish these uh, it's not like i want to stop i'm, I'm a collector i'm yeah. going to continue to collect i just need to take maybe like six months and just kind of get through some of what i have before i add anymore <laughs> yeah uh yeah that means i have to go through a lot <laughs> yeah. but i'm gonna do it because they're gonna find some gold in there yeah, that's right all right, so next week, um, should we let them know what we're doing? No, we'll keep it a surprise. It's another, it's another listener submitted, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. 
Total surprise. <laughs> Come back next week. You, you asked for it, so we're giving it to you. Yeah, and if you want to submit something else for another month, analogjones, T-O-F, at gmail.com. Uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe. You can also subscribe on Podbean or YouTube. Uh, in case you don't want to do that, we're getting more and more hits on YouTube, putting all these random trailers up and um, scenes that we post for you guys. Uh, it's really nice. Uh, it's fun to see all the extra downloads. Um, and I was shocked that how well surviving the game and I, the tiger did. I'm glad. Thank you guys uh, for listening and for liking, you know, to hear us talk about these weird little movies, it's these weird little movies that keep us going, you know? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're fun. Uh, I love finding these little odd odd ones, these little diamonds in the rough. That's right. Yeah, it's it's really fun. And it's not that we don't love critters. It's, 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 well, it's that already, balance. It's already it's a, a cult classic. Yeah. It, it's fun to talk about these, though, because we need to get through some of these franchises. Oh, yeah. Where we're like just... It's not so much ignoring. It's just like, I don't know how to fit them in because everyone's already talked about them. Right. So this one, like when a listener does, it's like, okay, so maybe you do want us to actually talk about some of these franchises that yeah. everyone else has. Yeah. So it's well, fun. It's, it's fun. fun to bring. It's fun to do it all. So thank you guys for listening and supporting and, and writing in too. We got a lot of great uh, suggestions so far. And like the ones we've picked are the ones that, you know, uh, either we had or were easy for us to find or whatever. Um, but we are going to, you know, I know we said we weren't going to buy any more stuff, but we are going to continue to look for some of the other stuff that you suggested us because we want to do them still. So keep them coming. And thank you for writing in in the first place. Yes. And, um, I, I hear the couple of you out there. We will get to Godzilla. But the problem is you didn't write an email and that was the rule. <laughs> uh, we'll do it in May when the new one comes out. Uh, yeah, that, that should be fun. I'm going to do one or two of them at least before the new one comes out. Uh, I have so many Godzilla films now, but uh, 1998 just has to be done. <sighs> okay. <laughs> it's it's more it's not that i'm dreading watching the movie i'm i'm just dreading the fact that it's gonna have to be another movie that i love that everybody else hates that i'm gonna have to defend for another yeah, hour you're gonna half. have to defend it <laughs> i fucking hate it <laughs> Great, uh, greatest teaser trailer i've ever seen to the worst fucking load it's, of garbage. It's, it's a bad movie. There's no arguing that. I just I just also love it still a little bit. Yeah, too. It's, it's, sometimes I hate shitting on the movies because I know there's so much work in them. But with that one, I'm like, no, I feel okay about it. <laughs> uh, coming soon in May. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, take it easy. I hope 2019 treats us well. Uh, remember, our top 10 list is coming out. And remember to be kind. And rewind. Hey, Toxic here. And Meridon too. We're the hosts of the Overleague podcast. Are you a fan of Overwatch League or just a fan of Overwatch in general? Well, if you are, we break down matches and all other Overwatch happenings, and we won't judge your main. Tune in every other Tuesday to the Overleague on Geekscape and wherever you get your podcasts.